Get ready for the most important month in Jackson Dart's athletic career so far. Seriously, it's going to happen. Spring football is massive. Anyway, this is the Locked On Ole Miss podcast. You are locked on Ole Miss. Your daily podcast on the Ole Miss Rebels. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, welcome to the Locked On All Ole Miss Podcast, and thank you for making the Locked On Ole Miss Podcast your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast. This season has a chance to be massive for Jackson Dart, especially this spring practice. We have reached kind of the final boss of Mike Tyson's punch out with Jackson Dart. One more opponent that Jackson Dart needs to take down. And we're in a situation in spring practice. Walker Howard's not quite ready. He's green. All the talent in the world. People talk about, hey, well, he's doing that. Well, Eli Manning was the most talented player on his roster as a true freshman as well. Romero Miller was still playing quarterback. And that's okay. Talent and production, not necessarily the same thing. But Spencer Sanders has a little bit of a shoulder deal that he's dealing with from last season. And from from what everybody's saying, he's not throwing at the moment. Might be true, might not be true, but that's just what's being said. So Jackson Dart has the unique ability to come in and separate this, to take control of what's going on. These next 15 practices will be massive for Jackson. Little issues where he holds the ball a little bit too long to throw the ball and pump it downfield using the middle of the field, seeing linebackers, all of these things Jackson Dart needs to get better at, develop. Because in this system, this is a competition-based team. It is. And it goes back to when Ed Orgeron was the coach at Ole Miss as well. Pete Carroll instilled this. This is a Pete Carroll thing, Ed Orgeron, Lane Kiffin, they're going to do a lot of the same things. 90% of what Ole Miss does is Pete Carroll. People like to point at Nick Saban, 90% of what Ole Miss does is Pete Carroll. But competition is the lifeblood of this program. So whenever they brought Spencer Sanders in, whenever they brought Walker Howard in, all of a sudden you had essentially – Competition for that spot. People that say there's no quarterback competition, they're wrong. They're wrong. They're saying what they want to happen. They're projecting their own feelings on in this. This is going to be a legit quarterback competition. Now, I'm not saying Jackson Dart can't win this job. He's a former Gatorade National Player of the Year. All the talent in the world. He can absolutely win this job. But... If he stumbles, if he does not progress, if he does not develop, it could be problematic for Jackson Dart with Walker Howard, with Spencer Sanders, if any of those take a step. Because this staff, one thing that they're known for, and if you are a four-year player in Ole Miss's system, let's just say Ashante Seastrong, okay? Just for giggles. I'm not hearing anything. I don't know anything about this. Just use the name. And Ole Miss brings in Monty Montgomery. A tie goes to Monty Montgomery. They're going to play the new player 
over the established player. Think of it as the opposite of David Cutcliffe. And that can be to the detriment at times, but it also means that Jackson Dart is on the other side of this now. So Ty goes to Spencer Sanders. Ty goes to Walker Howard, whichever one they're tied with. Three-way tie probably goes to Spencer, but whatever. So Jackson needs to make a significant lead in spring practice. When he gets these reps, he has this opportunity. He needs to show that he can run the offense, that he's not going to overly force the offense downfield. Now, if you look, we're a true RPO system. Every run has a pass pass tag. Every pass has a run tag. But that means the offensive linemen are basically blocking run blocks every play. And the one thing with a run block is it limits how you can protect the passer. There's a reason they protect the passer the way they do. Because that is the best way to have technique to do that. An RPO system is designed for quick passes. So when the quarterback holds the ball to try to throw the ball downfield, it can put strain on the offensive line. It can speed things up when they don't need to be speed up, sped up. So running the offense, seeing linebackers, working is going to be a major case for development for Jackson Dart. If he can do that in spring, he has a chance to give a decent little gap between him and Spencer Sanders and Walker Howard going into fall. If he cannot do that, if it was more of the same old, same old, even the way he ended the season, he got better and better. But if that just slowly continues, you will see where a four-year starter in Spencer Sanders has a chance to make up ground on him rapidly. Walker Howard, the same thing. Bill Flowers came on my show probably two weeks ago and talked about this quarterback competition and said whichever quarterback gets the ball out of his hands quickly and uses the middle of the field and doesn't turn the ball over is going to win this job because the offense needs to be run, not just a segment of it, not just a part of it. It needs to be run. And if that happens, whether it be Jackson or Spencer, that is the quarterback that is going to win. So Jackson needs to take this opportunity in this biggest athletic practice month of his athletic career to take strides, to make strides. If you throw an interception across the middle, do not freak out. You need to do that. Do not be so reliant outside the numbers. Do not be so reliant on the deep ball. Run the offense, move the offense. It's pretty simple as that, honestly. But anyway, today's show is brought to you by FanDuel. Um, The midway point of the NBA season is here, and now is the perfect time to download the FanDuel app. It's America's number one sports book. Because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000, that's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. I realize in Mississippi they have different rules. You have to be on the property to use a sportsbook. But if you're in Memphis, if you're in New Orleans, if you're in Nashville, you would have access to FanDuel there. You can bet on anything from money line to point scores to even threes drained. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payoff with same-day game parlay. 
So don't miss out on your chance to have a no-sweat-first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sportsbook of the NBA, or an official sportsbook partner of the NBA. Thanks again for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. Now you can make sure and check out our brand new podcast, Locked On College Basketball. Everything you need to know about college basketball in one place. Plus, you get to hear from big-name experts, insiders, coaches, and players. Um, Yesterday, Andy Patton from Locked On College Basketball came on the show, did a fantastic job. If you're interested in more from Andy or even want to get to know Isaac, Go to Locked On College Basketball. It's available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcast. And if that's available on YouTube, this show is available on YouTube as well. Do us a favor. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Hit the bell for notifications. Comment down below and upvote the video itself. We'd appreciate it very much. Now, in the first segment, we talked about Jackson Dart. And that is the most important potential winner of this spring. Not even close. Defensive players, the whole nine yards. Jackson Dart has the most to gain this spring period. Don't let anybody tell you any different. It it just doesn't matter that way. But another player that has a chance to really break out this spring is Trey Harris. Trey Harris has a chance to become the number one wide receiver. And I know people are saying, well, there's always a number one wide receiver. Yes, in position and name, but I'm talking about a true number one wide receiver. He has all the physical gifts that you could want. He has a chance to go out on the outside and make plays. Because last season, Jonathan Mingo and Malik Heath had all the talent in the world. All the talent in the world. Neither one of them was a number one wide receiver. Basically, you had two number twos running around out there. There's nothing against that. Some receivers just are number two wide receivers. For every A.J. Brown, there has to be a D.K. Metcalf. So, understand what's going on. So with Trey Harris, he has a chance to come in and be the primary. He has a chance to come in and develop that rapport. He has a chance to come in and attack the first part of the defense. Whenever they're trying to get the ball out of his hands quickly, I expect them to run some slants. I'm expecting them to get back to a little bit of what they were doing Baylor-wise. And even though Sterling Gilbert did not play at Baylor, They did bring another person in with experience with kind of that system because he was at Houston with Bryles. Now, you will see them run a lot of the same stuff. You'll see more hitches. You'll see some stuff on the outside that won't be so air-raidy. You'll see tight ends and um, slot receivers work the middle of the field the way they're supposed to do. That is the reason I think Sterling Gilbert got brought in as an analyst. I also think if for some reason they have to make a change at offensive coordinator, he is probably the leading candidate to do it because he's familiar with the tempo, he's familiar with the operation, and all of that stuff that is difficult to do with a new coordinator. you got John David Baker, who's probably getting familiar with it, but he's probably not quite there. So that's something to look at as well. But Trey Harris at Louisiana Tech, he had a play on, you see it on Twitter, it's his back-to-back super crazy um, Odell Beckham-like one-handed catches. He can do some really special things. He's extremely physically gifted, and it will be nice to see if he can become a mentor to Chris Marshall, if he can become a mentor to even Dayton Wade, if he can do all that. Because the talent that Trey Harris has 
is I think it's going to be undeniable once he gets on the football field. And once that happens and Ole Miss has that primary and forces a defense to declare, because that's something they didn't have to deal with last year. The defense not having to declare and not having to double a wide receiver kind of made it where they could play a little bit more straight up and really could defend the run well. You need a receiver that can draw that double team, that their thought process to help Quinshawn out on top of everything else. Because these big physical wide receivers, I joke all the time, run blocking is just important, just as important as anything else. And these guys will do a pretty much a fantastic job. But you look at the wide receiver room as a whole, you know, Dayton Wade, Jordan Watkins, you know, Chris Marshall, Braylon Brown, if he sticks around, and Trey Harris. Trey Harris can become the leader of that room. And he needs to become the leader of that room. He needs to be the person that comes in and says, I've got this. And he needs to set the standard for the young guys that are behind him. Because you got Jordan Watkins at slot, I think Caden Lee at slot, um, potentially Dayton Wade at slot. It could change a little bit, and the next 15 practices will be absolutely huge. But the first thing that needs to happen in these practices is that number one receiver, that big alpha dog, gets his job, and that could be Trey Harris on the outside. Really, really, really good football player, and I am going to enjoy watching him play. Hey, anyway, when we come back, we're going to talk about how Pete Golding's defense helps the defensive line. If you look at people that can have a big spring, it's probably this defensive line because the expectations from the fan base are not high because of what happened last year. I'll explain why that happened, and I will explain why this year is a little bit different situation. Anyway, stick around. Thanks for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast, including YouTube. So do us a favor, subscribe to the YouTube channel, hit the bell for notifications, and of course, upvote the video itself. We'd appreciate it very much. Pete Colding coming into Ole Miss, game changer. That's, just leave it there, absolute game changer. Because of not just what he does, but what he means. What Pete Golding coming to Ole Miss means is Lane Kiffin is like, hey, this last defense was on me because it wasn't a DJ Durkin defense. It wasn't a Chris Partridge defense. It, that was two coordinators that ran what he wanted to run. That's, that's something that's important to realize. Lane Kiffin is very dictatorial about his football program, and he absolutely learned that from Nick Saban. We talk about how this program is 90% Pete Carroll and 10% Nick Saban. He absolutely learned that from Nick Saban. But one thing to realize with this this defense that Pete Golding is going to bring in, and you're going to have basically a real similar look to what Alabama did last year. Position-wise, you're going to end up having a, a Husky, whatever they want to call it, and you'll have a Jack linebacker. You'll have three defensive linemen that are interior types, and you will have two linebackers that are normal. And then the defensive backs will be the back four. That, that is the way this defense is going to look. Now, Ole Miss does not have or did not have a jack linebacker. Now, the player from Southwest Mississippi, Miller, has a chance to really take a step forward because if 
he doesn't take a step in the spring and DJ Holmes gets here, all of a sudden that could become a little bit of a competition. But those three players on the defensive line is going to be different than the three-man defensive line that you saw in 2022. In that year, you had a nose guard. where the, That was the lone interior defensive lineman playing that position and two defensive ends. You had Jared Ivey and Cedric Johnson. Now, at worst, you're going to have two interior defensive linemen in this one. And how you view Cedric Johnson and Jared Ivey will depend on how you look at how they do it down the road. Okay? Because I do think Jared Ivey is going to be able to put on 10 pounds or so, play at 280 pounds, and be a, you know, a four or five technique on the outside of a three-man defensive line. I think J.J. Pegues is going to move out to the other side. So the starting defensive line will be some combination of J.J. Pegues, Joshua Harris, and either Cedric Johnson or Jared Ivey. Potentially Jared Ivey is who I'm leaning to because I think what's going to happen is that Jack, they're going to have Cedric Johnson lose 10 pounds and put him out there. That That is what I think is going to happen. I'm not 100% sure on that. Linebacker with those two positions, Jeremiah Jean-Baptiste, Ashanti Seastrunk, um, Monty Montgomery, Tyler Banks, Trip White, those guys are going to compete for those two positions. You can see how depth-wise it is going. On the defensive line, you still have Jamon Gordon, Taiwan Malone, um, Xavion Harris. You have a chance for a legit two deep on the defensive line as well. They've actually recruited pretty well. They've recruited pretty well. Now, the problem with this defense to me, the one place that the transfer portal and Chris Partridge leaving hurt Ole Miss was with the loss of Tysheem Johnson, who went to Oregon, and Davis Nigmanosin, who went to Ohio State. Two Northeastern kids that were recruited by Chris Partridge that was obviously Chris Partridge's guys. Now, Aishim Young also is a Chris Partridge guy, but since he transferred to Ole Miss, he can't just get out. So I am curious to see what the Husky position will look like. The, the third linebacker or fifth defensive back, however you want to put it, Suntarian Perkins, Ladarius Tennyson. Ashim Young, there's a lot of players that were recruited to be box safeties in the 3-2-6 defense that will play that role actually probably pretty well. Now, that would also be a good place to put Suntarian and allow him to athletically take over a game defensively. But that is something to look at. Now, if you looked at it, the intro to the pass defense, the defensive backfield with DeAndre Prince, um, potentially Deshaun Gaddis if he gets his grades right. Um, I think it's Walton from the transfer from Georgia Tech at corner. You have a boundary guy. You have a field guy. Uh, Ole Miss is going to play a lot of two-man, a lot of man-free. You need to find a free safety. I've heard rumors of defensive backs moving. And they're probably trying to find somebody that can be that free safety now that A.J. Finley has gone. Now, there are players that Ole Miss has recruited that could slide in and be better fits for what they're doing now than basically what they were doing before. Because there's not just one good football player. 
when you look at the rankings, if you go down the top 1,000 players in the country, there is a system out there that they can do well in. The trick is not falling for the trap and knowing what you are and knowing what that system is. That's the trick. So I do expect some defensive backs to kind of take a step. Kind of show up. I expect linebackers to kind of show up. People that we're not really thinking of, I think potentially by the fall, could be out there. Could be dudes. So we'll see exactly what happens. Like I said, the big problem that Pete Golding's defense is going to have in 2023 is the jack position. You got the kid out of Southwest Mississippi Community College, Miller, I think his name is, um, DJ Holmes, Chamberlain Campbell. And whoever you move out there who will be at, at least a clunky fit in that position. And that is an important position in this defense. So I've said this two or three times, and I'll say it again. I do expect this defense to be probably around 80th nationally. Next year is not going to be a high-quality defense, in my opinion. Now, it could turn around, and they could hit lightning in a bottle, and there could be players on the bench and fits that I have not seen and don't know about. I freely admit that. But I do expect this defense somewhere around 80th nationally. Technically sound, but just a problem from time to time. And I expect this defense to be in the top 20 in turnovers. And I expect this defense to be in the top 20 in red zone. And if that happens, Ole Miss can have a special year because this season will be all about gaining possessions for the offense. Now, you talked about segment one and why this spring is so important. That's another reason. If Jackson's going to win this job, he needs this spring to separate, to do what he needs to do. He needs to develop the right way. This defense needs to get possessions for Jackson because this this offense has a chance to be special in the history of Ole Miss. And it's been special for a while with Quinshawn Judkins, Trey Harris, Chris Marshall, um, Caden, Caden Priestcorn, Michael Trigg. There's athletes and weapons all over the place. And if it all comes together, this has a chance to be really good. Offensive line, you're only really losing one player. And you have two players that are coming in from Washington UAB that have an all-conference history to them. So understand that this offense could be really special. Understand also that this defense could be really frustrating. Not Year one to year two, it's going to make a jump. And like I say all the time, we need to position ourselves for 2024 the best possible way. In doing that, you will be in his position to maximize this expanded playoff. Be ready to go when Texas and Oklahoma come into the league. Have your ducks in a row. That's what is important. Get right for 2024. Get absolutely right. And if they do that, they will be really successful. Anyway, thanks for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. Make sure you check out our brand new podcast, Locked On College Basketball. It has everything you need to know about college basketball in one place. Plus, you get to hear from big-name experts, insiders, coaches, and players. It's Locked On College Basketball. It's available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcast. Also, subscribe to the podcast. Hit the bell. Upvote. Comment. We'd appreciate it as well if you're going to. 
you're going to subscribe to podcasts, you know, remember us as well. Anyway, just to let you know, um, on Thursday, I'm going out and doing some spring training, going to watch the Detroit Tigers and the Baltimore Orioles play. Because of that, I'm going to have to do two shows on Wednesday. That's the reason these are setting up the way they are. I'm going to find topics that are useful. Um, but if anything news happens, I'll probably do a live stream on Friday, um, something like that. So tune in for that if anything happens. I don't expect anything to happen. But Tim Thomas, Derek Vandegrift, all those guys are coming up um, this weekend. Kara McCutcheon, John Gillespie, all those guys that you are used to um, should be a lot of fun. Anyway, we will see you tomorrow. Hotty toddy.